I did reach. I think his ADP was somewhere around nine ten, but I really felt like he was going to be a bit a midseason boost for my roster, so I probably reached around on him to make sure yes. I got him as often <laughs> as I could. <laughs> You've reached around on him, did you? Reached a wow. <laughs> wow, you want to do me next or what? Welcome to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup with your hosts, Andrew Skinner and Joel Bryant. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. As always, I'm your host with the most, Andrew Skinner. Joined by my steam co-host, Mr. Joel Bryant. How's it going, sir? Fucking awesome. Now, see, I don't hear conviction in your voice when you're saying that. Are you off the shrooms this week? Uh, I am. I'm on some painkillers. I think they might be making me a little agitated. My dogs are pissing me off. I like where we're at with this show. Like, one week it's shrooms. Next week it's painkillers. What's next week? Uh Uh, LSD? Be we'll see where the week takes us. Just go straight to the fucking bath salts next week. Heroin. Just get on the real, just you know, gradual progression until you. Bet the old literally... crystal meth would make for a good chat. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How's your week going? How was your week in fantasy last week? Did you do well? Uh, I think so. I won, didn't I? Yep, you won again in TBLC. Dare I say that you're the hottest team in the league right now? Oh, yeah, four straight. Look at that. Look at that. Yep. You weren't lying hard, when you hard said. hard to remember you... when we do this three days later. Yeah, fair enough. What do you mean it's hard to remember? You can't remember your big win from two days ago, three days ago? Not, not when I'm on a different substance every week. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay. So uh-huh. the painkillers affect the memory, do they? Making me a little foggy. Yeah. Fair enough. You can't be that foggy because you had the, uh, the wherewithal to not start Alan Robinson this week. Yeah, no. Set the fuck out. Nice. You haven't dropped them yet, but baby steps, right? I haven't needed the spot yet. I was close this week, but I, he was actually in one of my waivers to to dump. Right. And if that claim came to fruition, yep. All hope is lost there. There's nothing. Uh-huh. Dude's put up like 1,100 plus yards in each of the last, what, three seasons, I think? Like Mr. Consistency, no matter who's throwing on the ball. He's got to be the biggest bust in fantasy football history. Like, is there anybody that was drafted rounds higher that cratered this hard? I'll tell you, you want to get into bust? Let's talk about a fucking bust. How about Michael Thomas? Holy fuck. Did you really have expectations for him? Well, I had some expectations. I mean, he was starting the the season on the uh, PUP list with the expectation that he would return after the Saints buy. And in typical Michael Thomas fashion, he announces the day after the trade deadline that, oh, I've had a setback. I'm out for the year. Sorry, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know. But, I mean, he was coming back to a big uh, quarterback change there, too. Like, who knew how that would go out? I don't think anybody invested second, third-round picks on Michael Thomas. No, I did get him in three of my five leagues. And when I was taking him was around the seventh, eighth round. That seems gutless to me, man. If there's, he got paid by the Saints after that monster record-breaking season in 2019, and has played seven games since. And in those seven games, did not score a single touchdown. This year has been a complete circus show. 
He's still getting his paychecks. He don't give a fuck. I know. That's the craziest thing, man. Still getting paid because he's on the PUP list. It's so fucked up. This feels oddly like the Kenny Galladay situation from last year. Kenny Galladay was week to week with a hip and week to week became out for uh-huh. the season. You know, week to when week he, with a, I play for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And then went inside with the fucking New York Giants. <laughs> and then realized they're just as fucking bad. So now he's going to be week to week there too. Yep. Just another guy that got paid and was like, thanks. Thanks for the dollars. I'm out. Let's assume that Michael Thomas is not with Saints next year and comes back week one for a new team and is completely healthy. You got to think that after basically two years off, he's going to be a shell of, of his former self. Yeah, he's going to be the, the levy on Bell. Right. So does he, where's his mindset? Does he care about the product that he physically puts on the field or does he just care about the dollars and cents? Like, I don't know. I mean, some of these guys don't seem to care if their names go in the record books. Like, as long as they get their paychecks, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I guess not everyone's Frank Gore. Right. That guy just played for the love of the game. Adam Vinatieri. Yep. You got to think that's why Adrian Peterson is now coming back in the wake of the Derrick Henry Henry injury. Uh, Derrick Henry, as we heard this week, broke a bone in his foot and is out for the remainder of the fantasy football season. He, is he for sure out for the remainder? I read six to 10 weeks. At one six point to 10 thought. weeks. Yeah. If anyone can come back on the, on the earlier the side six. of yeah. that spectrum, it's Derek Terminator Henry, but this isn't good, man. I think objectively that this is, probably the beginning of the end of the Derrick Henry that we've all grown to know and love. You what know, is he, like 28? He's 28. You know, he's running back, not old, but he's getting in that window. You know, he's had a lot of miles, man. A lot of miles under those feet. If you've seen his high school carries, college carries, we've all seen his NFL body work. That man has put in some serious reps you know, and I just feel like I think this is a product of just his body starting to maybe take a shift, start to break down. I don't know. At some point, man, your body just starts to break down. The NFL is a tough, tough league, you know, and I, I draft Henry again next year. Oh, yeah, but I'm not taking him. I don't know. I'm one of those. If I see like two or three injuries over a year or two, I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't care how good they are. But a, a guy like him on his first real injury that's forced him to miss time, I ain't bothered. I don't know if I'd reach around on him or anything, but. Huh. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Derrick Henry news, like fantasy outcomes aside, man, as a Titans fan. That's a bummer for football in general. Yeah, you know what? It's like seeing Connor McDavid go down or when Steven Stamkos destroyed his leg on the post, like those types of players, man, you just don't want to see those guys get hurt. Those are the reason that the sport is as exciting as it is. But also on the other side of that coin in this league, he ain't on my team. So fuck him. Uh, Let's see. The last bit of news I want to touch on is a bit somber. The Henry Ruggs incident we're all well aware of by now. 
Henry Ruggs decided to go out and get smashed and decide to drive like a fucking lunatic. Rear-ended a lady and her dog, and they both died as a result of his DUI causing death. Henry Ruggs has been cut by the Raiders, will spend a minimum of two years in jail and upwards of 20 years. I think it's two to 20 for this particular charge. Yeah, that's what uh, I read. His NFL career is all but over. It's sad from many perspectives, you know, obviously for the lady and her dog that died, it's just awful. You know, 3.30 in the morning, minding your own business. But Ruggs just decided to drive like a complete fucking lunatic. We're into this poor lady. Her car, her SUV basically exploded on impact. It's super sad from the perspective that two people lost their lives or two people, a lady and her dog lost their lives. It's sad that a young, promising career of Henry Ruggs has been cut short. What's your thought on all this? I see all the jokes and shit about it online and some of the things that have been posted in the group chat and like, I get it. And I see a lot of stuff out there. That's like kind of fury at him and how stupid it is. And it obviously is, but I'm kind of on the same side of it in that it just kind of makes me sad. I think it's as a, like a parent, that's one of your big fears as a parent that, cause like every kid that you have, I got a 19 year old stepson now. I did stupid shit when I was 19 all the fucking time. Like yep. he's going to do stupid shit. But as a parent, you just hope that their stupid shit never goes this way. Right. Doesn't kill anyone or themselves. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of anger and shit aimed at him. And I get that. And the, the senselessness of it all is what gets to me. Cause you, you play for an NFL team, man. Like you're fucking loaded full of cash. Like you tell me you, you've got any number of people that'll come pick you up in a right? heartbeat. Like you could probably open your phone and just sift through contacts and hit one and be like, can you come get me? Somebody would be there in a second. You got to think that every NFL team probably has like a specific, like guy staff dedicated to this shit. Right? Every team probably has a guy. They might even have one person per player. Like, okay. When Henry's out and drunk on a Saturday night, can you come pick him up? Like, okay, I'm Henry's personal chauffeur. When I first heard about this, man, I was angry. I was real angry, you know. Here we are, 2021. I can recall anti-drunk driving ads since I was a kid. I remember the one specifically. You might even recall this one. The guy's driving his car, and he keeps stacking up the wine glasses on the dash. Remember that one? And the more wine glasses that get stacked up, the blurrier the vision gets. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes up the rod off ramp and then immediately hit on collision with someone. That commercial still haunts me to this day, you know, like it was effective. It was shock value, shock factor. It was effective as fuck. I was like, holy shit, don't drink, drive. And I'm like, yep, okay. So if we go out here at the end of the night, I like literally looked at my waitress and I'm like, I want to ride home. And they put it on my bar tab and they have a company come pick up me and my vehicle and drive my vehicle home. Wow. And if we're somewhere that the the bar doesn't have that service or the pub doesn't have that service, I literally have to open my phone and text the company. I don't even have to call them. I just send them a text says I'm at this pub, come pick me up. 
They come and they'll pick send me up. two guys. They drive one. F- wow. One to follow you home and, and one to drive your vehicle home. And then they wow. put it right in front of your house. We don't have uh, we don't have that. I, I ain't fucking rich. I'm not in the NFL. Like to think that, and I'm not in Vegas either. I think you right? can do that shit here in Medicine Hat, Alberta, and you can be in the NFL and you got to drive home at 156 miles an hour. Right. Surely Ruggs could have left his Corvette at whatever casino he was at, you know, for the night in their secure parking and then came back to get it the next day or have one of the million people that work for the Raiders go get his car. You know, I've always made an mm-hmm. effort. If I'm ever out anywhere, like I play hockey a couple times a week, the guys will always have beer after the game. I rarely have one, but if I do, it's only ever one because I just, I learned, you know, whether it be through good parenting or those effective commercials or whatever we had in school, all those, you know, against drunk driving messages, they just hit home. And I don't understand how in 2021, you know, we live in a society where everyone's super aware of everything all the time. How a guy, like you said, in the NFL playing for a billion, multi-billion dollar franchise with every resource at his disposal still decides, fuck it. I don't, I don't know, man. I feel bad for his parents because you can guarantee they didn't raise him to be like this. And now they're like, nope, sitting back going one little stupid fucking decision. And now we're going to visit our kid in prison for 20 years. Like, forget football. What a season for the what Raiders. A shit show year for the Raiders. Have a fucking year. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. What next? Yeah. Sad scene all around, man. So, hate seeing shit like that. Thoughts and prayers to the family of the deceased. And let's hope that Henry Rose can find some closure in serving his sentence and that when he eventually gets out, he comes out a better person. All right. Let's move on to TBLC. Are you beatboxing now? Yeah, this is usually the part where the the music you program in just blows my eardrums out. Uh, unfortunately, there were no really close matchups again. TBLC this week for the second week in a row. We saw a series of blowouts across the board, starting with myself against football team. I defeated football team by score 142 to 115. My 142 highlighted by Joe Mixon, 25. Eli Mitchell, 20. Randall Cobb with the funniest stat line ever, 16 and a half. Diggs, 15. Damian Harris, 14. Nick Folk, 15. That's my fucking kicker. What a guy. Overall, a pretty good score. Also had some big bench scores. Maybe I could avail of the optimized lineup feature as I left Brandon Cooks's 20 points and Tyler Lockett's 26 points on my bench, but it didn't really matter. As you pointed out on last week's show, I could afford a two spot this week should have come up as I was playing basically the worst team in the league. And I won by convincing 27 points. Yeah. I guess you could say you really reached around on a man. Yeah, I raced around and left them with fucking the biggest, bluest balls you could imagine, and I just walked away. You didn't even wet your hand. Just no. went in there dry. 
No lube, no spit, just here. Sandpaper finish. Enjoy. Fuck. Yeah, to Justin be fair. hates every trade offer ever, but he's started Damian Williams with confidence for the second week in a row. And right? What did we say? Three rush yards on it. So what did we say about Damian Williams on the podcast last week that he had been confidently usurped by Khalil Herbert? Justin, not a listener of the show. Didn't bother to look at waiver wires. Just said, fuck it. I'm going with third string. Yeah, enjoy that negative three, negative point mm-hmm. three. Wow. I mean, Justice team blows, man. Brady had a good game, 33. Amari Cooper had a shockingly good game. It was at a Cooper to Cooper connection. Other than that, man, those scores are just awful, awful, awful. What a even healthy man, like giving McCaffrey, Montgomery back. This team still. I mean, who's he got at wide receiver? Mario Cooper. Even if he's healthy, he's got to do something about it. Like, she's got Shepard made a glass, Hilton made a glass, Aguilar. What are we doing talking about Aguilar? Right. He's like 11% old, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm doing the broken record thing here, but I, every single week, what in the fuck are we doing not trading McCaffrey or Montgomery to stop pissing weeks away? Well, the problem now is that McCaffrey is on the precipice of returning. So is Montgomery for that matter. Gotta love Justin, great guy, great human being. But when it comes to fantasy football, he's in a perpetual state of butthurt, man. Every time you look at him, every time, you know, it's like he's always staring down the barrel of a gun. He's just caring when it comes to fantasy football. Eh, your offer is a shit. I, I, I sent them an offer earlier, and his text response was, I wish I could auto-reject all your trade offers. Like, ooh, sorry to waste your time, Karen. Bloody ass. Exactly. You know, he said that I wish I could auto-reject all your offers, but do you want to auto-reject all Joel's offers and auto-reject all Adam's offers? Just auto-reject all trade offers? Well, that's why you're in the mess you're in. Yeah, this is his two big trade chips, the the McCaffrey-Montgomery thing. Like, now you're in a spot where people are going to want to go, well, let's wait a week or two and see if they prove their worth. Exactly. And he's and just it. racking up the losses while that's going on. You're three and five. You're sitting in 11th place. Not only you is you don't three have time and... to wait it out and then find out that one of them gets hurt again. You're done. Right. And we had this discussion last week. Not only is he three and five, he he should be two and six. If Spencer yeah. didn't fucking uh, go on vacation last week, we'd be talking about a fucking two and six team. Uh, with the win. Our team won its second match in a row to improve to five and three. And with the loss, Justin fell to three and five. Moving on, the four verticals defeated. No soup for you by score 157 to 127. Big win for Ryan, knocking off the juggernaut. Mr. Bishop. Huge. Huge win, yeah. Ryan's very large score, 157, highlighted by Daniel Jones, 19. Aaron Jones, 24. Daryl Henderson, 22. DK Metcalf, 22. And the Saints defense. Well, I said this last week. I said, Saints defense, the Buccaneers. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, I told you. No, you did not. No, you fucking did not. I didn't say anything. No, you You did not. I still thought that the Saints D was a poor play against the Buccaneers' well-rounded offense. So... Uh, let's see, Bishop 127. Not a horrible score. Not going to get you many wins, though. 
The Mahomes Hill stack provided 42 points this week, which is pretty good. He had mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson, and I think we were both wrong about Cordero Patterson. <laughs> how many weeks? How many weeks does he have to play before it just becomes a real deal? That is a good question. I'm starting to wonder the same. Yeah, it's. I thought uh, he would be one of those hot start fade offs. He hasn't had less than 14 points since week one. That's fucking incredible for a guy that went undrafted in every single league in the fucking NFL.com fantasy realm. That being said, Bishop's score overall 127. I don't know. There's some holes in the armor happening there. Was there a win there? I'm seeing 16 at a crowder on his bench. 17. Look, Devontae Booker again. What did I fucking tell you about Devontae Booker? I told you I wanted him. It's all I don't think he would have won either way because he, yeah, he lost by 30 points and he would have had to not. take he would have had to take uh 16 So maybe it's close, but uh anyway, okay. With the win, Ryan got back to 500 and improved to four and four, and Bishop fell to five and three. Good enough to get into the uh playoff picture for Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's been, uh, I think he's kind of trading wins and losses over the last little while, but 500 in this league with uh, bottom feeder teams like Sean McClain and Justin Kennedy in this league, you're almost guaranteed playoffs by the 500. So if Ryan just keeps treading water, I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, let's see. Guy with Skinner tattoo. Wow, wow, we wow. Four wins in a row. Defeated. Shogun Master, another LOL team, LOL performance. My score of 143 to 107. Spencer's 107 was not the low mark of the week, though, but it was a shit stain of a performance nonetheless. Let's see, friend, your 143 highlighted by Jonathan Taylor, 21. Very good numbers. Robert Woods, look at him, 20 points. Very nice. A.J. Brown, 31. Nice. Don't get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look here, kicker Greg Joseph does some points. Nice Steelers defense, very nice performance. Good play there. You've uh, had some wishy-washy opinions about the Steelers defense on this podcast, but good for you to start them against the corpse of the Cleveland Browns last week. Good play. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spencer's- I remember all those times early in the year you were giving me all these pot shots about my team. I was one in three. Was Jonathan Taylor even a first round pick? Robert Woods blown, blah, blah, blah. Fournette, LOL. Now, to me, okay, let's settle down. First of all, Robert Woods, you were actively trying to trade him. You were talking about dumping him. You were I wouldn't like, say actively trying to trade him. I was actively including him in offers, and I could have traded him if I wanted to. If you went back, I had multiple these, people that were wanting Robert Woods. If you went back and listened to these old episodes, you would hear yourself say, I don't know what to do with Robert Woods, kind of like you didn't know what to do with Al Robinson when you got him. Uh, let's see. Spencer's 107. Not a lot to highlight there. Austin Eckler, 24. Darren Williams, 17. Jesus, he put up 107. I got 41 out of two guys. And then Deontay Johnson put up 15, almost 16 points too. God, look at those numbers. DeAndre Hopkins, 8.6, not good. Terry McLaurin, 6.5, awful. Dalton Schultz, 3.1, awful. David Johnson, whoops. What did we say about David Johnson last week? We talked about this on the show. We applauded him for the pickup, but then we said maybe pump the brakes. 
see mm-hmm. how involved see he how is, he performs. right before you toss him in your lineup. But not old Spence. Spence said, "Give it to me, baby." And what did he get him? <laughs> Four rush yards, negative one receiving yards. Whoops. I don't want to dump on Spence. I think he's got a pretty decent team. I think he's had some shit luck in matchups over the year. But I got to tell you, all weekend, I was thinking. This is why you don't let a guy like Justin have a free win. Yep. Right. So I kind of like digging it in him a bit. This is what we talked about, man. Spencer's team would be four and four now. That loss is going to end up costing him, man, a playoff spot. I'm telling you, it's going to cost him a playoff spot. When you play a punching bag like Justin's team, man, you got to get those easy wins. You got to take them. Yeah. And he fucking took the week off. He took his match for granted. Said, ask Scrooge Justin, I'm going to beat him. And here he is now. We're going to be talking week 14 when the playoff matchups are decided. We're going to be talking with Spencer in ninth or 10th place because of you that. You know he's got bi-week stuff to come. You know he's got some more yep. hard matchups to come. Like there's going to be weeks yep. that you're going to lose. You can't be flicking away the freebies. The only bi-week he's got out of the way is Eckler, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Deontay as well. I think Pittsburgh's had their bye. Yeah. Yeah, those two are clear. But he's got Hopkins to go. He's got McLaurin. Or McLaurin has his this week. Uh, let's see. With the win, you knocked off your fourth win in a row. I mean, you called it. You said you, uh, you're a late bloomer, and here you are reeling off four wins in a row. With the win, you improved to five and three. And with the loss, Spencer lost his second in a row to fall to three and five. Spencer was out. hitting my stride. Spencer has now lost, what, five of his last six weeks? I believe Spencer started 2-0, which was uncharted water stream, and has gone 1-5 since. Let's see. Next matchup, the good luck winner of the week, Clyde Edwards-Spear, knocked off the corpse of Labrador Colts by a score of 126-96. Power was most definitely the good luck winner of the week, as he would have only beaten four teams last week, so he was pretty lucky to get the matchup that he got. Not a lot to highlight this 126 other than the fact that he is the sad, beleaguered Derrick Henry owner. Yeah, that is And now has a huge, huge hole to fill at running back. Not only did he lose Derrick Henry, but then he was forced to spend up and gamble on his replacement, Jeremy McNichols, power spent a pretty high amount of his remaining waiver budget to get him. And we don't even know if he's going to be the guy. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Adrian Peterson? Who knows? So definitely a huge blow to power's team. Although you'd be hard pressed to find a team in fantasy football who had Derrick Henry that can just casually be like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to keep on chugging along. Uh, let's see. Not a lot to highlight. And Sean's scored 96. It's Godwin Burrow and some other guys. Yep. Joe Jeez. Burrow, 25. Chris Godwin, 28. Uh, Chase Claypool, 10. <laughs> I mean, poor Jesus Sean, man. Christ. We gave the, the speech about benching A.J. Dillon, and then A.J. Dillon outscored both running backs that he put into his lineup instead. <sighs> I mean, that's so brutal. That's brutal. Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley, 21 on his bench. Christ almighty. That and he can't fall. Ah, no. Uh, no, with the f- Joel Math again. 
He would have lost by eight. So he would have 117. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Joel Math, good for you. I think he made the correct lineup decisions. He just got a little unlucky, you know. I mean, you'd have to be some kind of god to say, yep, I'm starting A.J. Dillon for fantasy. If you're getting negative 1.2 points, I mean, how do you don't? But it's He's just, writing the book on bad luck this year. Like, doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, this team, unfortunately, two and six. And we're looking at a team, a certain fucking Brandon Bolden, Russell Gage, Marquez Callaway, like Darth Throw, Darth Throw, Darth Throw. Like, you put Godwin and Kelsey in the same deal, and then you maybe dangle this little Russ and Wilson to sit on IR incentive. You probably yeah, get quite a, a game changing return. Four or five players that might help you out. Well, if the show has proven anything, so Sean McLean is not afraid to shake him up. So maybe Fred. I don't think he's looking. cooked yet. Well, I don't know, man. He's lost five in a row. He's going to have to run out five wins in a row and just get back to relevancy. Sure. I don't think he's cooked, but I uh, actually, you know what? I, I do think he's cooked. Let's. I think he makes a monster move here, and I get it's going to be a tough move to make because there's so much dead weight rolling around this fucking pool this year. Yeah. But if he can find that deal, he can easily reel off three, four in a row and be back in the picture. Like, look at some of these teams. By the time Sean got to six and six, some of these teams are going to be three and eight. Yeah. He's far from done. That's the problem, though. He has, like, you can't afford any more losses at this point. Sean's best case, Ontario, already is eight and six. And that's if he wins out. Yeah, he does have the extra week, and he is fortunate that there are several three and five teams. So he doesn't have to do a ton of leapfrogging, but Sean's going to have to depend on a season like last year where multiple teams made it with a losing record, and you can't always count on that. With the win, Clyde Edwards' despair proved to five and three while Labrador Colts lost their fifth in a row to fall to two and six. Moving on, the upset surprise of the week. Holy heck, I did not see this coming. Costanza defeated the Cove Cowboys by score 168 to 87. Game of reach round. Blew blew his fucking cowboy hat off. Imagine Cove Cowboys, a team that we are beating the drum of every week put up 87 points. His whole team busted for the most part. I think Cam forgot to pay the fee on whatever fantasy app he's been using. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, your subscription has expired. Yeah. He went to log Cam's in like, uh, 15 uh, minutes before game time on Sunday and found out he was locked out. and was like, fuck! What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do now? And he just watched the cookie crumble. Kyler yep. Murray, lowest score of the year, 8.06. Andre Swift, eight points. Kenneth Gainwell, so much for him being the big ad of the week. Whoops. <laughs> uh, 2.7. Cortland Sutton, not a great game, six points. Anyway, uh, Cam had his worst week of the season by far. His big score was his tight end. TJ Hawkinson, nice. 18 He's points. He's got some shit, though. Like He did have Devontae out with the COVID stuff. He's got the, his the Antonio Gibson situation is not good for him. I also may have brought this up before, but I don't like giving Nolan credit for things. But he well, might he might have a team here. Nolan might have a team. Yep. 
he put up 170 points with uh, Antonio Brown, Andrews on a bye. Anyway, Gary's big score of 168, highlighted by Matt Stafford, 30. C.Q. Elliott, 11. Michael Carter, whoo-wee, 32.2. Tyler Boyd, 19. Cooper Cup, 24. Jesus. <sighs> Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Sorry, it just it, it hurts me every time I see another gigantic stat line from him. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, it is. Uh, Nicole Hartman, 11. Mike Davis, 11. Bills defense, 15. Very nice week. Uh, that Stafford Cooper Cup stack, man, that might prove to be more uh, fantasy worthy than the Mahomes Hill stack at this point. Yeah, it could be. Cooper Cup is on pace for the one of the sickest fantasy seasons ever put together. It's crazy. Yep. Cooper Cup is averaging more points a week than Derrick Henry was averaging before he got hurt. It's crazy. Even like his bus games are 11 points. Like, what are we even talking about here? It's crazy. As a Robert Woods owner, there's plenty left over for him. Yep, that's right. Fuck, I'm a Daryl Henderson owner in another league. I'm a Robert Woods owner. I have as many shares of that Rams offense as possible this year because they are firing on all cylinders. Everybody's leaving every game fed there, unless you're – What's his name? Tyler Higby. Tyler, yeah. Tyler Higby seems to be the odd man out, which is odd. He's starving to death, that guy. Yeah. With the win, Costanza improved to five and three. And Cam with the loss fell to four and four. All right. Last match from week eight. Team Dinner defeated the Roundhousers by a score of 130 to 109. Team Dinner's win highlighted by Josh Allen. 32 points. Chuba Hubbard, 14. Debo Samuel, still healthy somehow, 23 points. Michael Pittman, Jesus, 30 points. Wow. Uh, not much else happening, but when you're getting numbers like that, doesn't matter. Plus, you're playing the Brownhousers, which is like on football team level of bed. And they just lost their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Whoops. Brownhousers. Yeah. Put up 109. Let's see. Rogers 20. Mel Gordon 20. Kamara 17. Emmanuel Sanders. Oops. Better luck next week. Mike Evans 12. Landry 10. Hunter Henry nothing. AJ Green 10. Oh my God. Davin's got two guys in the COVID protocol. Rut row. Davin's credit. He also had Waller Jacobs and Hollywood Brown on bye weeks. Yeah, we talked about that. It was a bad bye week for Davin. So it's unfortunate. I just I don't really like his team overall. I like that he's got Kamara with his bye gone already. It's good. You can lock in your RB1. Just uh, I don't know, man. Just an uninspiring team, you know. Dinner got the win, but man, did he have some bad breaks this week? He got the Calvin Ridley thing. He got James Robinson left hurt. Debo Samuel did come out of that with a questionable tag and isn't playing or isn't practicing today. But still, all in all, dinner took some hits. What happened to James Robinson? Is he going to miss time? I think it was an ankle injury. He left early in that game. Okay. Oh, it's his heel. Ah. He escaped a serious injury, but added that the running back is viewed as day-to-day ahead of Sunday's game. So maybe not long-term. But could miss a week. Could miss a week, yeah. 
All right. With the win, Team Dinner improved 500, 4 4. And with the loss, Davin fell to 3 and 5. The standings after week eight Logjam at 5 and 3. Costanza, no soup for you. Got the Skinner tattoo. Clyde Edwards Despair. Turd Ferguson, all tied, 5 and 3. Then we have the Cove Cowboys, Team Dinner, four verticals, all tied at 4 and 4. And the bottom four teams, Roundhouser, Shogun Master, football team, all tied at three and five. And the Labrador Colts sit all by their lonesome in last at two and six. Let's quickly go over week nine and make some predictions as to what we think will happen next week. Let's start with your match. Uh, got the Skinner tattoo against bye week. I didn't think we had an odd amount of teams in this league. You have a bye this week? That's nice. Uh, he's got McCaffrey plucked into his lineup. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, kind of shit right here that will illogically just blow up my winning streak. It makes no sense. Right? This will be the one, too. This will be the one. Nelson Aguilar will just completely go off. Aguilar, yeah, there's just so bad, and it makes so much sense that it'll knock me off this week. The Dolphins will just explode against Houston, and it'll be all Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddle. I left a little treat in my flex for you. Jonathan Taylor, Thursday night. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking cunt. Nobody listens anyway. Alan Robinson might make my lineup this week. No. Look at my options. Well, to be fair, again, to quote Joel Bryan from my week eight match with football team, you can afford a two spot this week. So, As it stands now. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much either him or nobody. I think you're okay, though. I'm still going to pick me, though. I just cannot pick. I can't. I'm at the point with Justin now. I'm almost like Gary Nolan with you. I just can't pick him to do football things. No, I'm going to pick me. Yep, I will also pick you. Uh, Let's go to my matchup. Myself against No Soup For You. No Soup For You currently projected to win by 13 points. Looks like he's got a full, happy, healthy lineup. Only the Bucks on a bye. I've just got Carson, or not Carson. Well, yeah, I do have Carson. I've just got Carson and Lockett on a bye, although I haven't had any Chris Carson time yet. Well, I immediately looked at that Mahomes Hill stack and see where it's at this week. Interestingly enough, against Green Bay with no Aaron Rodgers. So how does that affect that uh, game script there? I don't know. That could maybe lead to a more run-heavy script for both teams. There's no need to be slinging the ball all over the place. Yeah, that could actually benefit me. That could hurt Bishop a bit. Honestly, also for Bishop, that uh, Cordero Patterson against the New York or New Orleans Saints run defense. Time to yeah. see how that plays out. Yeah, honestly, I got a lot of red matchups this week. I'm I'm gonna pick Bishop. Fuck, sucks. I don't think I'm gonna pull this out. I don't. Honestly, I'm gonna pick you. <laughs> how about that? Well, I appreciate the vote of confidence, friend. 
I'm anxious to see. Yeah, I'm partial too because I'm picking against myself. I'm anxious to see what's going on with Herbert. You got the questionable tag with the hand. You're going to assume it's not much, but you never know. Could just be a maintenance thing. Could just uh, be gave Mike Williams a reach around trying to revive him. I admit, listen, man, if it works, fuck. I'm yet in two weeks of Herbert and Williams stack. I'm yet to even get fucking 20 points out of both of them combined. I know. I love sake. it. And I've somehow won both matches. What the fuck? All right. All right so, so you pick Bishop. Oh, sorry. I pick Bishop. You pick me. Well, let's hope yep. you're right. Okay. Moving on. Clyde Edwards spare against four verticals. This is the uh, beginning of the tumble fall for Clyde Edwards spare. I think. Yeah. I'm going to pick Brian. Don't even need to look into this matchup too hard. No. Power starting Dearness Johnson and Javante Williams. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He does have the wherewithal. He had the wherewithal, rather, to pick up McNichols, but stash in a wait-and-see spot because it's not a great matchup against the Rams, and he's going to like to see what his usage and involvement is like before he starts him. So... Another fantasy PSA. If you're picking up a guy that you're uncertain of, pick him up, put him on your bench. Don't sling him in your lineup. See what the involvement is first and then gauge whether or not you can play him from there. You're all welcome. Ryan's going to be a five and four team. That's what I know. Yeah, I agree with you. This is the start of the ugly for Steve Power with backup running back and backup running back in his two running back slots. Yeah, Thielen, very touchdown dependent. I don't see him finding the end zone against Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'll pick Ryan as well. Uh, Cove Cowboys versus the corpse of Shogun Master. Shogun Master currently projected as a 21-point favorite, though Cam is not rocking a kicker. I cannot foresee... Spencer pulling this off, though, for what it's worth at the moment, Cam is rolling Kenyon Drake, James Conner, a couple of backup running backs. He's got Devontae in his flex slot at the moment, still designated with the COVID tag. We don't know for sure if he's coming back, but even if he does, he's got Jordan Love throwing the ball. He's uh, This is Cam's bye week hell. Look at that bench. Man, we've talked up Cam's team a lot, but he – he has a very real chance of going under 500 this week. Who would have thought this team problems. This team with that firepower could be under 500. Cam looks like one of these teams. Let's assume that he goes on to lose this week, goes to four and five. Cam's going to be one of these teams that sneaks in the playoffs in like the seventh or the eighth spot and then just blows the doors off everyone. If Gibson goes down, I think he's in a spot where he needs to make a trade, and that's where things get a little – interesting but he's he's not new he'll figure it out i think you're right there i think i'm Seth. gonna pick cam to win here oh that's interesting i'm actually uh i'm gonna pick shogun master looks like he's gonna, got pretty good lineup this week less mclaurin on a bye so i like what spencer's got going on this week i think that he pulls this off i think the football gods are going to continue to punish him for that no show against justin all right, so you take Cam to win. I take Shogun Master to win. Mm-hmm. 
let's move on to the next matchup. Team dinner against Labrador Colts. Does this even do we even review this team dinner next? Oh man, this won't even get out into with enough time. But I really hope that Sean makes a blow up trade like tomorrow. This is the time. Just write in the group chat. Sean, please make a blow up trade tomorrow. Like he's got Chris Goblin on the buy. You've if I'm Sean, I am fucking trading him to the highest bidder immediately. Yeah. I don't want to beat the lion like that, but I totally think this is his week to just make a find a smash move and just rebuild his team. I mean, make a trade. Sean McClain. I mean, dinner's dinner's projected to smash him, but he's lost uh Calvin Ridley. He may be without James Robinson. He may be without Chase Edmonds. Yeah, if Robinson's out, he just puts Chuba Hubbard back in there. Not an ideal play against New England, but still the volume will be there to that. He can but what I'm saying it. is that his his projection and his score from last week are bound to take some knocks off the top. So if you're going to get him, this is going to be the week to get him. The Labrador Colts lineup, as it sits right at this exact moment, I cannot pick him to win. I'm sorry. As it stands now. He's got the corpse of Carlos Hyde going against a very good Buffalo defense. Barkley's in his running back slot, but he ain't playing. Yeah. Beasley, okay. Russell Gage just put up a zero last week. You want to try him against the New Orleans secondary that just shut down Tom Brady and the Bucks? No thanks. Chase Claypool will get his 10 to 12 points like he does every week. Kelsey should bounce back, but as Sean's team sits right at this exact moment, I cannot pick him to do anything. Yeah, if Sean I makes either. a couple of smash trades. If Sean says, fuck this, I'm selling Barkley and Goblin to the highest bidder right now, well, maybe it's a different story. But as it sits now, I'm picking team dinner. Moving Round on. Roundhousers. The Roundhousers versus Costanza. Pick them, Nolan. Let's see. Roundhousers, Evans on a buy. Nolan, Antonio on a buy. Wentz against the Jets. Jacobs. See, this one's tough for me because you got the Raiders coming back from a buy with the rugs thing. How are they going to respond? I don't know. I think if anything, Jacobs might benefit. They might be more inclined to just ram the ball up the ground to try to get some calamity going out there. Could be. Anyway, I pick Nolan. That's Stafford Cooper Cup stack against the Titans LOL secondary. Yep. That's going to pay you this week. Yep, I agree. So we both pick Costanza for the win. Uh All right. Now, let's move on to the guillotine league, Decapitation Nation. Yeah, I really gotta, I gotta turn those down. <laughs> Maybe I'll just use me and you just beatbox it instead of the actual voice clips. All right, week eight in the Guillotine League. Saw former two-time, two-time, two-time TBLC champ team dinner bite the dust. Team dinner went down with a respectable effort, 93 points. Certainly not the 68 points Aaron put up the week prior. His 
93 points were low-lighted, I guess. Kyler Murray, 11. Chris Godwin, 28. Chuba Hubbard, 14. Eli Mitchell, 20. It's interesting that just noticed Kyler has 11.06 points here, but only 8.06 points in TBLC. That's interesting, as I swore that I had the scoring from TBLC copied over to this league. Maybe I have to look into that. Maybe you fucked up. It's possible. I don't even see. Let me click on 11.06. Passing error is 274.04 per passing error, the standard. Ah, ah, interceptions in the guillotine league I only have at minus one. In TBLC, interceptions are minus two. That'll do it. Oh, if I had known that going in, I would have drafted completely entirely differently. And this entire league is now tainted because of your failure to copy the standings correctly. Copy the uh, uh, scoring correctly, yeah. Whatever. So are you saying that the guillotine league is null and void and we're all back in? Uh, No. Uh No, you're still up. I mean, you can come back in, but you get like your two or three week shelf life and then you fuck off again. I just have to leave again. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I want to go through that again. I tilted off a cliff when I got eliminated from this pool. That was amazing. I have since moved on and I do not want to relive that until next season when I do it again and probably week four again. Now it's easy for me to say now, but I have come to accept the fact that the guillotine league is a luck league and that I probably won't last beyond six weeks ever in this pool. So I'm saying now for next year that when I lose, there will be minimal tilt. I'm, I'm already preparing myself for it. Hey, you want something really fucked up? I just noticed this now. Go look at week eight results. Tell me what you see. Holy I don't even know shit. how to do that on my phone. Okay, well, you don't have to. Sloppy fries, week eight points, 118.86. Big blue party boat, week eight points, 118.86. I shit Holy you fuck, not. We could have had a tie. And you know Holy what? There shit. was a few pants shitters in the, like, if, if dinner actually had Kelsey show up, that very well could have been a thing. That's fucking crazy. They finished dead tied. Holy shit. I just noticed oh, I that. I would have loved second. that. That would have been amazing. All right. Last week, week eight in the guillotine league, high score was our lady, the inaugural champ, Megan, 161.4. Very nice. Tom Brady, 35. A.J. Brown, 31. Keenan Allen, 19. Tyler Lockett, 26, who she was quick to point out that she got for $1. Big score all around. Yep. For sure. Speaking of Megan, this is why I wanted to bring this up. We've already talked about how she was one cyanide pill away from being eliminated from this pool. Now she's doing what she does best and putting that infinity web budget to good use. And man, oh man, does she transform her team one week, one week of waivers. She transformed her entire team. She picked up. I don't think she had a choice. 
yeah, her team wasn't looking great, but she, again, luckily she hung on because Spence took a cyanide pill and then she got to spend her budget as she saw fit. She I don't up. want to slag on Megan, but I mean, I'm looking at her team post waiver acquisitions and I still see a lot of problems for somebody who had to dump a bunch of their web. Yeah. Let, I Dak, got Dak's to questionable. Keenan Allen had his one-off week, or did he? She picked Devontae up Devon- has COVID. COVID. Yep. McNichols? Again, this is not the league I would be picking up McNichols or Adrian Peterson in. I could see people rushing out to grab and stash and redraft with this league, where yep. if you shit the bed, you're out, I would not. And again, what the fuck do I know? But I would not be touching either of those fucking guys. But yeah, she picked up one it's a week. luck league, right, Andrew? Yes. It's Joel, it is. In one week, she picked up Dak Prescott and Justin Tucker and Devontae Adams. Not a bad week for yourself. Transform your whole team. Cam made a couple of claims for Dak by a dollar. Her and Cam had the exact same bid for Kyler. It's funny. But Cam got it based on priority, I guess, which is funny. I didn't even put in a bid for Kyler. Really? Why is that? I have Hopkins. I didn't want to eat both buys in the same week when they came up. Yeah, true. And that stack, again, we've talked about stacks in this pool. Not something mm-hmm. that you want to fuck with. A lot of Travis Kelsey hit the wire yet again. He only went for $12 this time. Much cheaper. Well, he came off that awful week. Maybe people were feeling a little bit hesitant on picking him up. Yeah, but still, Kelsey has long been the first absolute off the rails waiver bid yes of course in this in this pool as he should be tight end one last five years in a row again i didn't even bother how about aaron like perfectly mapping out a road to collusion for cam and megan in the group chat that was a fucking good laugh (laughs) yeah i had a snicker about that he had it planned out to the fucking t i was like jesus you've given this some thought holy fuck I was just waiting for it to somehow work out that way and everybody to lose their shit. Right. I if it worked out anything close to that, you probably had like nine, 10 people just waiting to fucking grenade. When Cam first brought Megan into the pools, I had some hesitation, you know, about crossing that bridge, bringing your partners in potential collusion, what have you. Okay. But I've spent time with them. We've been drinking together, okay? I've yeah. seen the two of them play poker and play fucking remotely together. <laughs> if there is a more competitive couple on this earth than Cam and Megan, I'd love to fucking meet them because the two of them are playing fucking remotely and it's like, fuck you, fuck you, piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. You know, and then they're playing cards and like Megan's like, come on, Cam, fucking raise me, you piece of shit. I'm like, are you guys in a relationship? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, like they I got are... zero idea of that. I don't even know how colluding would really benefit at the end of the day. And this kind of pool would probably fuck you up more than it would do any good. Right. They are both alphas in their own regard. And I could not be more confident that two people would not collude. So I believe them 100% when they came out and they were like, yeah, absolutely not happening. <laughs> basically cheering against each other like yep i know them both personally i've spent much time with them together they are definitely 
out for each other's Did you throat. just say they're both alphas? Both alphas, yeah. Like the alpha, they're both the alphas in their relationship. Like they both have big, huge dicks? No, alpha is in the alpha male or alpha female. Oh. Yeah. Cam's got a huge cock and Megan's got a huge cock. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They have fucking lightsaber fights on Friday nights. Uh, uh, They just, I've been, I've spent time, I've spent time with Cam and Megan. Let me tell you, they both have huge dicks. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck are we even talking about no i was watching that chat with uh when aaron was setting it up with you do this and you do that and the whole time i was thinking man if their bids are even close tomorrow there's gonna be like five six people that are going they fucking did it they yep. colluded i roll emojis yep well we didn't have to mm-hmm. worry about any of that colin fucking martin would have been the first one uh, Colin, did you see what Colin said in the group chat? Uh, hey, Skinner, how about we uh, remove people from the group chat as they're eliminated from the pool? Like, no way. Why? Man. Right? You'd have, um, like, two people left in the end to celebrate your win. Like, Yeah. No why would you want that? I'm all, about the, uh, I'm all about the banter. Yeah, right? It would just be me and the last two people left. Like, oh, if I somehow go to go? week 17, I want every poor bastard that decided to sit around to endure the fucking chirp fest that I'm going to throw in there. That's There's right. going to be like 17 gifts and I'm going to, I mean, you don't want to be in that chat. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'd be I'm just going to pretty quick. Uh, let's see. Not sure what else to talk about here. Uh, Cam's the one with the dominant budget now, 73 bucks. So he can basically have his way with waivers now. Megan had a pile. She's still got a nice total, 47. Not bad to have that <clears> at this point in the season. <clears throat> are, you, are you struggling there? No, I've, uh, I'm have i in the waiver conversation too. Yeah, I was getting there. Megan has 47. I know Joel Math is not great, but 47 is greater than 45. I'll get there, motherfucker. Jesus I Christ. I just assumed you would skip right over it. No. Although I probably should because as you've highlighted – on this show many times, uh, you're a cheap fuck, and you don't spend up for anyone anyway. Well, I'm looking down my list, and I see Andrew Skinner pork chop sandwiches at $84. Why are we not talking about that? Yeah, we've been over this. I've got a negative 15 next to my name. That was five weeks ago. I told you painkillers. Stay stay relevant. Fucks with time. I got no idea what we talked about, what we didn't. Just want to make sure we were covering that. $84. Wow, what a total. I know this league is chaotic. I'm just spitballing now. I know this league is chaotic. I'd like to be able to come up with some kind of system whereby you inherit the dollars of the decapitated team. Like, would that be something worth discussing? Say, if a team is eliminated, their dollars get evenly distributed amongst the teams remaining. What do you think? I think evenly distributed kind of would maybe work the other way against you because the t- everybody that spends their shit wisely and conserves is going to constantly watch everybody else get some wab back. Right. But that would that not be in theory? Like, again, we're just spitballing here. Maybe this is something to run with. Let's say team gets eliminated last week. Who got eliminated team dinner, $0, nothing to benefit. But if you're still in the pool and you're worried about getting eliminated, would that not be incentive for you to blow the fuck out of your web while you're still in the pool? I think it could be interesting, but you'd have to really come up with some creative way to do it. Like, uh, 
say whoever comes first in a week gets 10 of the decapitated person's wap. Yeah. Or even but whoever came in second last of the week gets the boost. That would really fuck with the two because that would leave teams less incentive. Then you'd be torn like, do I stash a guy or do I go after that high score of the week to get the extra web? Man, that be that would just make things even fucking crazier. Yeah, that'd be a curveball. Somebody being torn between stashing a high-end player or going for those fucking, say, 20 extra web. Oh, my God. I won't even pay attention to it. If I get it, I get it. If not, I'm cool with that, too. This will be the test for the podcast this week to see how many people listen this far and chime in in the group chat about what they think about whether or not we should find a way to recycle the web from the decapitated teams back to the pool. So if you've listened this far, friends, please leave your opinions in the group chat. I'm also kind of interested how many teams were rolling around in the shit bucket in the bottom this week. There was like three or four, myself included. I was close to the bottom too. Yeah, there there was a couple. Outside of dinner and not having Kelsey show up, there was a good handful of teams that were all clustered together at the bottom. Team dinner finished with 93. Next closest was football team 105. So as it played out, a decent 12-point gap between the losing team and the second-place team. But as is with most Mondays, there were a couple teams that were sweating that game for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's put a bow on this uh, guillotine league discussion. Who do you like to go down this week? I want to say Colin just because it's Colin. He's doing Colin shit again. Swift okay. and, and McCaffrey back there. I'm not going to do that this week, but fuck, I hope this shit catches up to him sooner or later. He's trying to hoard Swift on a bye. He's picked up McCaffrey again. So are you going to try to stash two people this week? Christ, take your fucking meds. Again, I don't understand him with the fucking extra running back stash. You've already got three yeah. top flight what running backs, man. What are you doing? Exactly. Fucking mutant. I'm going to go reverse this week and hope by not picking him, it, it bites him. I know this is not going to be well received, but them breaks. I'm going to pick Megan. Oh, oh, that's how. That's how you know when the podcast is being listened to, when Megan chimes in the group chat, you fucking guys picking me again. Pieces of shit. I don't think Megan misses any part of it. She's a she's a subscriber. Brady's a unique stash. Quarterback's usually pretty deep in this pool. I understand her not wanting to give up Brady, but I think this is one that I would probably not stash. I got a sneaky subscription. Sub- sub- Suspicion. I knew I was due for that. Yeah, fuck you. I got a suspicion that she maybe planned on dropping Brady or had a claim in form that didn't pan out because why would you carry Dak and Brady? Yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense. This now that she like... actually got Dak, she probably will be punting Brady for the next best running back. She could have some problems where it could all work out. I don't know. I haven't been right. On, I haven't been even close to write on any of these. I don't know why the fuck you even get me to still pick them. Because you're a co-hosting podcast friend, and I'm not going to just pick them all by myself. What's the point? Right. Well, there's my dart this week. I threw it. Yeah, Devontae, we don't know for sure if he's going to be back yet. And if so, 
He's going to have Jordan Love throwing the ball. They might even have to go sign a backup QB. Their third stringer's down, too, with COVID. So who's your pick? I want to pick, honestly, a guy that neither of us have picked at any point this season to go down is Cameron. Quiet Cameron. Doesn't say much. But he's got fucking Matt Stafford. And he's stacking him with Robert Woods, which I would advise against most stacks, but the Matt Stafford, any pass catcher not named Higby stack is working out. You got Patterson Jones. It's just a really good-looking team. So can't pick him. Nobody's paying attention to a guy that named himself Christian Mangle. Right. Like that, guy, that guy's just up to good things. There's nothing to, to watch for. That's right. My pick for the team to go down this week Justin Kennedy, football team, a.k.a. fantasy football player extraordinaire, a.k.a. Butter Karen. Don't offer me a trade because I'll cry about it for a week. He's got some Rams receiver that I don't like to talk about. Jarvis Landry just seems like a bad option. I don't care. Cooper Cup is the name that you're looking for there. Oh, I, I was having trouble. Thank oh, you. I got you. I couldn't bring myself to say it. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I don't like Kyle Pitts without Calvin Ridley. We already saw what that looked like last week with no Ridley in lineup. It was not pretty. Put him up against a New Orleans secondary where they'll just likely put their top corner on him. I don't like that. Melvin Gordon, touchdown dependent, 50-50 time split with Javante Williams. We'd all hoped that Javante would be eased into the dominant running back role by now, but that has not happened. They are in a complete 50-50 time split, so I don't like Gordon against Dallas this week. Dallas is okay against the run too. Then you got Chase Edmonds questionable. I don't know, man. But the reality is that this point in the season, with what what have we got, 10 teams left now? You got a lot of nice-looking teams. Yeah, you're getting to that point where teams are starting to load up. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to predict. Although I will say that officially the only one of us to get one of these rates of ours me when I pick Steve Power to go down. So I was going to say, did you get one right? Yeah, I did. Steve Power nailed it. I'm still just so upset that I didn't pick you to go down. Yeah, well, too bad. Hey, you don't get that chance. So I pick football team to go down and you pick the inaugural champ Megan to go down. Good luck to the 10 remaining teams in the Guillotine League, and congrats on making it this far. May you all pull Justin Kennedy's. All right, let's move on now to the shirt of the week. Shirt of the week. And for the shirt of the week, for week eight, this was a bit of a tougher decision because for the second week in a row, TBLC, we didn't really have any close matches, unfortunately. So we had to look at a player that was a member of the losing team from the Decapitation Nation Guillotine League, as well as from TBLC. It was tough to pick. I think it's high time the guillotine league gets some credit on the old shark department. It's got to happen there more than we pay attention to. Yeah, I agree. Well, on that note, the margin of victory 
or the margin of survival, I should say, for the guillotine league was 12 points, whereas the closest margin of victory in TBLC was something like 27 points this week. So it makes perfect sense that the player that we chose came primarily from a guillotine league team. That said, the share of the week for week eight is none other, and I can't believe I'm even saying this in the share category. Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey. Who'd ever thought we'd talk about him as a shirt? Travis dead to me, Kelsey. Travis dead to me, Kelsey. Four to six day window. Yeah. Well, he came back. You know, if Jesus can come back, Travis Kelsey can come back. Travis Kelsey. Yes. He lost by 12. 12, right? Yeah, uh, Justin that guy's got to be good for like a minimum of 16 to 18 points every single fucking week. And he's in a Monday night game that yep. Adam just needs Monday 12 points on time. And he's yep. no shows. Uh, no, he didn't need 12 points. Adam needed about 17. Travis Kelsey ended up with a stat line of four receptions on seven targets for 27 yards, one lost fumble for a total of 4.7 points. So he lost by 12. Down. He went down with 93 and just said 105. So he really needed about 17 out of Travis Kelsey to stay alive this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got you. But Travis Kelsey is the kind of player that his floor is fucking 17, 18 points and the ceiling is 30 plus, you know. Adam was choking. Travis Kelsey came up, gave him the Heimlich maneuver. Instead, he gave him a fucking reach around. Jesus. <laughs> Adam just starts grabbing at his throat. Travis Kelsey's like, I got you, bro. And just puts yeah. his hand out his bed, starts jerking just, him Just going to beat you off here for a sec. Don't worry about it, pal. <laughs> it's, we're done. We're done. Uh, yep. Not the season that owners of Travis Kelsey were expecting. He's been consistent for the most part. He's had two bus weeks. But a ceiling has not nearly been as high as seasons past. Is this a product of Travis Kelsey getting older? Is this a product of deficiencies within the Chiefs offense and Patrick Holmes play? We don't really know. Either Chiefs, way, silver linings for Adam. He gets to put this stress and anxiety behind him, worry about his other football pools, get right. back on them, get back feeling good. Yeah, the that's bullshit a... that goes on in this fucking guillotine league. Anyway, let's call this episode and wrap this up, friend. You uh, have a good week, sir. Best of luck in all your fantasy football endeavors this week. You too. I hope a, a bunch of terrible football things happen to you. Yeah. Hope Great. all your best players get hurt. Have a good week. Yeah. You too, buddy. See you. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. Contact us anytime at the Weekly Fantasy Roundup at gmail.com.